everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Stories of Us. I am your host, Sri Panreddy. Today I'm here with Sheikh Raisha Tabussum. Raisha is the founder of El Jeffa, a non-governmental organization focusing on localizing sustainable development goals of the United Nations and empowering youth to be leaders. Thank you so much, Raisha, for being on my podcast. Thank you so much, Sri, for inviting me in today's podcast because this is my first experience into a show like this. So thank you so much for that. So talk to me a little bit about your story and how you got started with El Jeffa. Okay. So uh, I belong to a very small backward village in Assam, which is called as Nomati. But luckily, I was fortunate enough to have done my schooling from Delhi Public School, Nazira. I used to be an all-rounder student. I was the first female president of the school. I also was the highest topper in 12th and also twice gold medalist. But uh, I'll tell you why am I mentioning all these things. I was a satisfied student, but it is said that the moment you become satisfied, you cease to grow and then you start becoming stagnant. So the misconception that I know ample broke when I came to Delhi for my further studies. I could feel the difference of qualities and opportunities in the metros and uh, compared to the small towns. So it is when I uh, saw that we have equal marks, but we lack in other areas. Then I realized that I must do something for the local youth to be empowered in every sense. And when I say local youth, I denote both the privileged and the underprivileged ones. I feel it is my citizens' social responsibility, like corporates' social responsibility, to give back to the society in the form of providing a platform for the local youth to excel in different fields while doing their for the society. So this is how LFA got started. That's awesome. And your organization has this goal of like envisioning empowerment. And talk to me a little bit about what that means and how your organization approaches that goal. Okay. So uh, when I mean, when I uh, say empowerment, I denote empowering two sections of children, children and youth, both the privileged and underprivileged categories. Here, I would like to mention about Sri Ashok Arora, who is the former secretary of the Supreme Indian Supreme Court's Bar mm-hmm. Association and also an ex-Hinduite himself. Sir inspires us in a way that, uh, I, I, like I already mentioned you, corporate social responsibility and the citizens' social responsibility are similar, CSR. So we at Alpha Foundation are working to bridge the gap between the privileged and the underprivileged children and youth while empowering them. So what we are doing is we are trying to make understand the local youth about how privileged they are, how uh, they are lucky to be studying in good schools and they are getting at least the basic necessities of life. And we are providing them a platform and through, uh, you know, uh, nurturing their talents and uh, skills, we are trying them to, uh, you know, motivate them. We are trying to motivate them to uh, help the underprivileged uh, children. So we have students uh, from schools. We have people from medical background, agriculture background, students to law students. We are channelizing their energy while providing them the first-hand experience at work and also benefiting the underprivileged. I see. So. Would you currently say that there is a disconnect between corporate responsibility or even citizen responsibility where people don't feel necessarily obligated to help the underprivileged? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, Shri, uh, 
when we see corporate social responsibility very deeply, this is a, a dark truth that not most of the people will uh, speak openly about. Uh, many of the listeners are now dealing with the corporate social responsibility thing and they uh, you know utilize that csr fund uh, and uh, in a very uh, black way so what they do is they approach the non-governmental organizations and they try to convert black into white and white into black so this is uh, a major thing which is happening in India right now, a major chunk of the CSR budget goes into the pocket of the people, uh, you know, uh, who turn it into black, uh, black into white, white into black. So this is one thing which is happening with CSR right now. But when I talk about uh, citizens' social responsibility, there is just a requirement of a little bit of motivation. We started uh in the month of april and we got registered in the month of may this time 2020 wow. in uh, the between of this pandemic but uh, from my personal experience i can tell you that the children from backward places like nazira sitsagar in assam and from bihar Odisha, maharashtra and different uh, states they are so excited to do something like this and to help the society in whatever way they can so if the students are willing to do of course they'll be tomorrow's youth and they are going to teach their kids too so i hope this, that this chain continues yeah, I hope so too. And your organization has very, like a lot of different programs ranging from education, environment, healthcare, and even arts. So talk to me about how your organization offers such a broad spectrum of social work and why is it important that you offer that broad spectrum for youth to be engaged in? Yeah, definitely. So uh, as you know that our organization is working on localizing the sustainable development goals. There is a multi-convergence in the SDGs itself. There are areas which are interlinked. For the holistic development of the nation, there are a few vital areas which are to be addressed. For example, quality education, uh, bringing the people from a state of unawareness to correct knowledge, eradicating the taboos associated with health, providing them with legal assistance. So all these things are interconnected. So to achieve, you'll have to target another. And to accomplish the uh, second goal, you'll have to give them a basic idea about what is goal number one. So uh, that is the prime reason of, uh, you know, providing a, a very uh, varied kind of uh, program. So I'll quickly uh, brief about the kind of programs that we are offering. First is Savitri Bhai uh, Phule Education Program. Mm -hmm. So in the Dagao Orphanage uh, in Assam, which is in Jorhat, what we are doing is we are trying to adopt the orphanage itself and uh, we are, you know, uh, appointing our volunteers and they are adopting the each one, each one policy and they are adopting one, one, one uh, child as their own siblings and they are going to teach them in the weekends and also we are taking care of their uh, health and the overall development so second is kanaklata barua awareness program so these programs that we are uh, starting we are trying to name the uh, the programs in the name of those people who really made a mark in this field so savitri bhai Pule, as you know was the first female uh, educationist of india and coming to kanaklata barua she was an activist from assam uh, so the tea tribe areas uh, in the tea tribe areas you'll see that the cases of child marriage and all also uh, very uh, 
the issues related to women and illiteracy are prevalent. Uh, and I can also give you the example of female genital mutilation, feticide in Haryana and the backward regions of India, malnutrition in almost every part of India. These are issues which are, you know, which are, which needed to be addressed. So uh, our research team uh, researches on these topics and our volunteers, you know, work in the field uh, to, uh, implement these programs. For example, Kalash Satyarthi Balmitra program. We named this project in the name of uh, Nobel laureate Kalash Satyarthi and our Balmitras uh, educating the children in different parts of India about child rights and also we are trying to give them legal assistance in the case of violation of the rights. So this was just a small example of how we are trying to cover different aspects of uh, the SDGs. I see. And it's incredible how you are able to do this on such a short time frame. You said you started in April and you're already able to address so many issues. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you, we uh, started in April and the first thing that we uh, did is forming the teams. So we, we connected uh, the different students from different places in India and through them, we created our teams in different regions and we actually uh, made it a very democratic uh, process. We all discussed, we all actually did a preferendum on what issues we want to work on and what are the uh, program outlines that we are going to work on. So when all these things were decided and everything was uh, sorted out, uh, we started with the research. We started with the research and this pandemic situation is going on. So currently we are focusing on taking the permissions and also uh, helping the people who are really in need. For example, now we are focusing on distributing the relief materials in different places in uh, the country. We are organizing donation and distribution drives. But I really hope that soon the situation will be a little better. Just hope, hoping for the best. And then all these uh, projects will be very good to implement. And when did you realize that your organization was bringing in change in the lives of others? Uh, to be very honest, uh, as I said, uh, two weeks ago, we created, uh, we, we uh, conducted a distribution drive in a place uh, called Nazira in Assam. Uh, we did that in collaboration with JF Foundation for Humanity, which is one of the biggest NGOs in Assam. So uh, Nazira was a place in which the people were really needy and the government was in its action, failing to address those people's need um, and uh, Arangia was the first uh, organization, you know, to distribute those materials in the village in a huge quantity. So when the people prayed, uh, raising their hands after taking the things, so that was the first event that uh, our NGO organized in the ground. So that was a moment which uh, made us realize that, yes, uh, maybe we are... Uh, taking our step one, you know, in changing the lives of others. Of course, this is not a sustainable solution, uh, but at least in this time of pandemic, this was the mere uh, meager thing that we could, uh, you know, uh, provide from yeah. us, uh, our side. Yeah, yeah. And something that I think is really unique about you is that you suggest and say that real work is more important than advocacy. So talk to me about how advocates or why real work is important um, over you know just speaking about an issue okay 
uh, before uh, you know addressing this uh, statement that i made i'd also like to you know acknowledge the importance of advocates that they uh, the role that they play you know in uh, creating awareness regarding different issues mm-hmm. uh, but uh, shri there are two worlds in the same world mm-hmm. in india there are two indias one india is where the children are now you know uh, participating in the model united nations they are wearing formals and they are delegating and uh, they are act- actively participating in all these kind of delegations but yeah. the other india is uh, where the students don't even have a school bag they carry their books in their hands and they go to school and in the schools they are not served with the nutritious food as mid day meals so these are two different indias in which we are living right now so i strongly believe that uh, there is a need of more real work along with advocacy so yeah. advocacy should be supplemented where uh, with the increased number of real work and one more thing i'd like to add the in the previous organization that i worked with uh, it is with utter dismay that i am uh, telling this so there was a bamboo bottle which was uh, discovered by a, a young person a, a, a villager from assam Mm-hmm. so it was discovered by him but what organizations today do is you know uh, my previous organization uh, had a word with sir that your uh, discovery is so nice and it is being given a chance to be represented in the united nations the founder went to the united nations in the climate change summit he uh, publicized that bottle in the name of Uh, that organization and that person who really did that work he was not even uh, g- given credits for that and maybe that person doesn't even know that his work was you know um, uh, uh, showcased in the united nations and that his name was not even been taken so oh this is a point uh, in the ground uh, work where we really feel uh, we should really stop and think where are our ethics uh, when we are working on this thing right and another part of your organization is that you interview like social workers and bring their stories to light so why do you think it's um important to share such stories and talk to them about some of the people your organization has promoted yeah sure so uh shri i am just a third year student uh, studying mm-hmm. in hindu college university of delhi mm-hmm. it's true that i w- started working early in my life but right. uh, the the kind of students that we are connecting are uh, either school students or college going students or the ones who have freshly entered into professional life right. so i believe that the people who have really made a change in their uh, respective fields are you know who, who are experienced enough to guide us to mm-hmm. at least give us some very uh, selfless inputs so that we can do better in our uh, organizational works or maybe in the social work so i believe that uh, interacting with such experienced persons is very much important Mm-hmm. uh we interacted with shri ashok arora who is the former secretary of the supreme court bar association right. so the the most important uh, value that i learned from his, him was a, a citizens social responsibility right and mm-hmm. we also interviewed many uh, renowned social workers such as mr sanoj kumar who is the national in charge of a very famous organization my home india 
they work for you know child trafficking they work for the welfare of the uh, backward areas and the students from the northeast india and we also interviewed prajoyita kashyap ma'am is uh, the daughter of ex uh, chief minister of assam uh, but she is a very renowned social activist and uh, it was also a very great session we also tried to you know uh, talk to guests from the abroad we had uh, organized an international webinar where different speakers from the overseas uh, participated we had mr janathan cummings who is a member of the steering committee of alliance of the ngos and csos for south south cooperation of the united nations yeah. we had speakers who belong to a uh, politics background from students activism uh, from uh, television from media uh sdg experts and uh, social workers i mm -hmm. i actually along with my team tried to um uh, utilize this uh, you know lockdown period in a best possible way so that when the lockdown gets over and when uh, you know this pandemic is in a state uh, that the situations are little better we uh, are ready to work with all knowledge and uh, you know inputs that we have so this was the you know main idea behind organizing these uh, sessions yeah yeah that makes sense and then additionally your your organization also hosts like competitions for the youth and along with your social yeah. work uh, what is the aim yeah. of these competitions and how have you seen it inspire others see uh we have uh, you know uh, we are planning to implement a project which uh, name is project kitchen garden so through project kitchen garden we are not only uh, you know planning to cultivate fresh leafy vegetables in the anganwadis and the primary schools in india oh. but also uh, cultivate the habit of responsible consumption and production which is sdg 12 mm -hmm. to ensure zero hunger for the children's uh, for the children's good health and well being mm -hmm. so this is one thing which we are uh, planning with the, the students of agriculture background in the state of assam bihar and odisha so the first competition that we organized was the importance of uh, the uh, the first competition that we organized was related to nutrition mm -hmm. and how is the state of nutrition deficiency in india in the children and how can a kitchen garden you know uh, add to its improvement so whatever competition we organize is with the aim to get inputs and also motivate uh, children to uh, indulge in extracurricular activities yeah <clears throat> sorry are you continuing talking or did you just finish yeah 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 next uh, okay. question please <laughs> i'm sorry about that i thought you cut off so um okay so another overall your organization has this larger mission of youth empowerment and so talk to me that when you were first starting your organization how were you able to create a team of young leaders yeah that is uh, actually a very interesting part which i'm going to share right now so i was into um, student activism i was into student activism i have the experience of working with the right wing the center only the left wing is left uh, left uh, you know yeah. so uh, <laughs> so when i was uh, a student activist i uh, faced uh, certain issues uh, one issue is that in many of the organizations people you know uh, expect puppets 
they want uh, stud uh, students who will just act on the commands and uh, whenever we try to raise our voice we are being kicked out so this is a uh, one very important issue which is happening right now and students also you know join in a large number because they uh, have aspirations in politics so my uh, aspiration was just for the development of this youth and children so right. when i was starting this organization i was very clear in my mind that i will empower those students who have real talent but maybe their pressures maybe their experience that doesn't matter we tried to interview different students from different parts of india when we were interviewing them we were actually making it a kind of informal uh, you know interaction and we were trying to know what their plans are how uh, those plans can be channelized to implementing them and when we found such awesome brilliant minds we just you know provided them a bit of guidance and they are going to be budding leaders in the coming next few years i'm sure to say about that right right that's incredible and yeah. when you were first starting your organization did you experience any setbacks uh starting my organization did not have any uh, i mean till now so far so good i'm not facing any challenge but yeah one challenge i'd like to uh, mention is that Mm -hmm. there is a very uh, you know the there's a situation of crisis actually right. the students may however you know intelligent those students are in uh, whichever reputed universities they are studying mm -hmm. there is a lack of knowledge on sustainable development goals so mm -hmm. uh, when i uh, talk about this i'd also uh, i'd also like to mention is that um, in the model united nations with due respect to mwns they discuss all those issues but somehow these institutions are failing in uh, sharing the word with the common students so when we were uh, interacting with students from different schools different colleges uh, we found out that there is a lack of knowledge on sdgs only 10% of the total number that we uh, interacted till now really knew about the sdgs the different goals and the different actually the concepts are very common we are uh, you know working on them since time immemorial but they just need a few inputs to be you know ready to work so this was one setback which we uh, experienced till now but again i'm very confident like uh, i'd like to just share we are starting a project a special sdg school in which we are trying to connect educators across the country and we are trying to uh, develop a model which is sdg and student friendly like happiness classes which happen in the government of delhi's schools we are trying to bring a maybe 10 minutes long or 15 minutes long class in which the teachers will be giving them real life inputs uh, with practical examples on sdgs so that from a very young age they learn what they are and so that even without you know involving in real professional social work in their own capacities they can contribute to uh, localizing them yeah and maybe i'm going to a topic we talked about earlier but can you like explain and further talk about like the differences between like students that go to underprivileged schools in comparison to private schools in like the two indias because i feel like the way that you grow up in those two worlds also affects your future and what prospects you have so can you talk a little bit more about that 
Yeah, definitely. So as I mentioned, uh, there are two worlds in the same world. There are two Indias in the same India. For example, the global north and the south is a big example of how there's a great difference between the developed countries and the underdeveloping, uh, underdeveloped countries and the developing countries. Right. So uh, that is a difference in the global level. The next difference that happens is within the country. There are two countries. And the third, uh, you know, uh, difference which takes place is a society within the society. There, uh, this, you know, habit of discrimination and not addressing the real issues is in the grassroots level. Right. For example, there, we may say, we may accept that uh, caste system is eradicated in the country uh, right. uh, legally, according mm -hmm. to the constitution, but that practice is still prevalent. Right. So likewise, in the uh, government schools, I believe that the uh, uh, government's, ex uh, you know, legislature is making policies. There mm -hmm. is no lacuna in, for, you know, forming the policies, but there is a drawback there is, uh, you know, a lacuna in implementing it. Mm -hmm. So the implementation part is failing. That's why we have dropouts. That's why we have low uh, pass out rates in the government schools as compared to the private schools. The mm -hmm. students, I'll give you firsthand experience. I stay in Nazira, Assam, mm -hmm. and I see many Bengali speaking uh, Muslim kids who are Indian citizens, of course, but right. their situation is very bad as compared to those who are sitting in the private schools. Right. Yeah. And throughout this experience of trying to build your organization, first as a student activist, now as a founder, what do you think are some important qualities of a leader and how do you build them? Yeah, see, uh, the most important uh, quality of a leader is, you know, a good leader creates more leaders. So the primary quality, according to me, is the ability to make space in the hearts of the subordinates and being able to boost their confidence and empower them. The power to empower comes from the essence of selflessness. So a selfish person will always, you know, lead himself to success by using the people. But right. a selfless person will always lead the entire team to a collective destination to enjoy the collective victory. Right. You know, and the second most important quality is accountability and accessibility. So what is the use of a tree so tall? that the passers-by are not even benefited by its height. Similarly, however high-profile a leader one might be, he or she should be always grounded so that yeah. the works, you know, are transparent enough and uh, that person should always be accountable to the public. So that in turn makes him a bigger leader, else people start losing confidence on him. Mm -hmm. Right. And another thing is that your organization in such a short time has grown to such... Um, a big and broad scope and you're such an accomplished individual as well but how would you define success and how would you approach it because I feel like in society it's very like based on other people's perceptions but what is your interest yeah. of it? Uh, so uh, speaking about success I see success in small small things I wake up in the morning I set targets for the day when they are accomplished I feel successful right. so I never you know uh, I never 
burden myself with high high expectations yeah. i just try to work hard i work hard along with my team mm-hmm. and uh, when any uh, you know target is met when we are seeing happiness in the eyes of people that that moment is defined as success for us right. so one more uh, thing uh, while speaking about success right so we have seen that the number of suicides uh, suicide rate uh, in the age group of children and youth is increasing in india why is it so everybody knows that the increased number of pressure from parents from peer group from maybe many different perspectives and angles so a child uh, from a very young age may be born and brought up in a different environment he might be having domestic violence issues he may be having many different issues and when he grows up he goes to a school and then teachers and parents start building pressure on him mm-hmm. because of academics and right. since the human race has entered into a race of competition you know right. uh, everyone is trying to compete with each other and mm-hmm. even in the ngos and social work the, the uh, concept of competition has increased mm-hmm. so uh, that shouldn't be the thing success yeah. should be purely uh, self assessment what mm-hmm. you were yesterday if you at least uh, you know motivate yourself to do little better today mm-hmm. that is success right and i think you brought up a really important issue about mental health and i know specifically in the south asian indian community yeah thinking about mental health depression anxiety is still so i i yeah i'd also like to uh, mention about our one initiative mm-hmm. so we run a mental health program but wow. then uh, we just uh, circulate a google form mm-hmm. we circulate our numbers and our social media handles and we re, uh, you know reach out to uh, the students and the youth across the nation mm-hmm. so we get responses and we maintain the anonymity and the secrecy of course mm-hmm. and our team reaches back to them within one hour and uh, not one hour sorry within one day 24 hours and right. we try to counsel them we try to talk to them as friends and in the issues which we really feel needs professional counseling we right. arrange that as well so this is one meager attempt from our side to address this issue of mental health which is least you know given uh, importance in southeast asian countries right and that actually brought something into mind of like when you talk about the underprivileged and privileged we often yeah. feel like the privileged have access to resources not only in terms of like education but as healthcare as well as easier access to mental health resources as well but in reality i feel as if it's the underprivileged who have been facing so many struggles that need that better access to education and healthcare and mental health resources and everything so that they can help build themselves out of the you know the location that they were in and lead a better life exactly and i think yeah exactly an amazing job at that as well you know shri i strongly believe that a little more efforts in the education sector and the health sector can really change the spectrum of india that is going to be in the next 10 years but uh, if the government is failing in doing that 
so we must not be always dependent on the government itself the mm-hmm. ngos the civil society organizations they are now started uh, you know they have now started playing a great role i uh, believe that uh, in the primary and the secondary and the tertiary level educational institutions of the government mm-hmm. they also should be having one counselor like right. uh, the private schools have started having right now and mm-hmm. that counselor should be more a friend than a you know a psychologist right. sure. you know um, she or he should be having a very friendly approach because those those students who are studying in the government schools you know they are very different to a kid which is you know, who is studying in a private school so that right. person should be uh, experienced enough to uh, you know serve that purpose and maybe help that kid mm-hmm. to uh, share you know his or her sufferings and help them mentally yeah and that's a great plan and initiative i think we also in the united states we have um access to counselors and it's definitely an outlet and like student resources because okay like you suggested there's a lot of like academic pressure so that's a great initiative to address mental health concerns directly related with education yeah yeah so kind of winding down on this conversation what's next for you and what's next for el hafa yeah what's next for el hafa so we are just waiting for this you know situation to be a little better we have so many plans we have the team of energetic students and uh, we are just waiting to implement them on ground and to see how our first exper- experiments goes on so we are uh, our first uh, target is to implement the project kitchen garden in three states in india assam mm-hmm. bihar and odisha simultaneously we are you know uh, trying to work with the child line and metro cities and also educate the underprivileged children and also the privileged i we we never discriminate between them we always uh, try to bridge that gap uh, yeah so we are going to educate them on their basic rights and you know uh, we are going to give legal assistance to those uh, cases of violation so these two will be the most important areas which we will um, target as soon as this situation uh, becomes a little better i see well thank you so much raisha for being on my podcast it's been incredible you're so well spoken and all the work you're doing is amazing thank you so much shri it was really the first experience of coming into a podcast and right. uh, i really thank you for inviting me to follow more of raisha's work you can visit l_hefa ngo on instagram thank you so much guys for listening in